So John chapter 8 verse 43, just one verse, the Bible says, Why do ye not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. You know, it, it, it looks complicated. Why is it that you do not understand my speech? It is because you cannot hear my word. Now, so, what actually happened in this verse is that there was difficulty in translating that which was captured in the original context into English language. You see, English language is not as vast as Greek language. For instance, in Greek language, we have four words for power. Well, we have only one word for power in English language. But we have four different words for power. We have, we have dunamis, we have iskus, we have, um, we have dunamis, iskus, kratos, and jesia. Four words for power in Greek language. Dunamis talks about the power. Dunamis is is potential energy. Potential energy. <laughs> I know we are not all scientists. Potential energy. As I'm standing here, I have potential energy. The energy I have is equivalent to the distance between this platform to the ground. If I leave this platform, uh, that energy will will go into into action. You see me falling down because I had that potential while I was still standing here, even though it was not evident that there was such a potential. So Dunamis talks about potential energy. The Bible says you shall receive power, you shall receive Dunamis after that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That power is in you now for those of us that are baptized in the Holy Spirit. But you need to employ a mechanism in order to convert that power from potential energy to kinetic energy, functional energy. Alright? So, if you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have potential energy that you can decide to use anytime that you please. But in order for that energy to become effective and functional, it must be converted from the, pot the potential state into the kinetic state. And you do that by speaking in tongues. When you speak in tongues, the energy is converted from potential, it becomes kinetic, it becomes effective it becomes functional now when it is in the potential state it is called dunamis when it has been converted to the kinetic state it is called is called iskus is kinetic now as you are praying in tongues praying in tongues you get to a point where something is laid upon your spirit maybe a scriptures an utterance something and you begin to declare that thing you have actually got into the kinetic effective functional state of the manifestation of the power of God that is at work within you. Alright? Now, it comes to a point where you are actually coming against a specific opposition. Are you with me? You are coming against a specific opposition. Maybe there is a practical situation on ground. There is um, a sick person and you are trying to minister to the person. You are trying to knock off what is responsible for that sickness. It means you have something against which you need power. Alright? Now, so you can start from the potential, you move to the kinetic, but you see, you need a particular value of that energy to be able to knock out that situation. Because kratos is a comparative word for power. It's comparative. You must have two 
specimen. That's the word that was used when the woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus. The Bible revealed that she had spent so much on physicians. You get it? So there was something to compare with. It means that the physician's mode of energy was not sufficient to cure the reference case. Okay? Then, you know, the Bible says that she touched Jesus and Kratos left Jesus. The reason why Kratos was used was because that power that left Jesus was superior to the power she consulted before. So there's comparison. So if we can put all witchcraft power in the holy Doma land and gather it and then give it a value, a unit. Are you with me? Give it a unit. This is the, this is the unit of witchcraft power in the Doma land. Kratos is saying that the capacity that we have in God is such that it can go beyond that unit. Because Kratos means the power that goes beyond power is comparative goes beyond power. You get it? Now, so there are four words for power in Greek language, but it happens to be that in English, you just have one. So it's difficult for you to translate some Greek terminologies into English language because it is deeper than English. Sorry, I didn't intend to trouble you. Amen? But this scripture that we just read now, if you read it just like this, why do you not understand my speech even because you cannot hear my word? It will not make so much meaning to you until we go into the Greek language and read it directly from Greek. Now, if we read it directly from Greek, this is what it reads. It says, Why do ye not understand my uttered speech? Why do you not understand my, sorry, my unuttered speech? It is because you cannot hear my uttered speech. Now, let me explain. I hope you know communication goes beyond speech. Jesus is saying that the reason why you cannot understand the speech that I have not uttered, it is because you did not, you cannot hear my uttered speech. The one that I uttered you have not been able to hear it. That is why you cannot relate with the one that I have not uttered. Jesus is telling us about a realm in the spirit where God communicates by sign language. Are you with me? Now you know people that cannot talk. There is a mode of communication that is adopted to communicate with them sign language. I don't know if there's anybody that has an idea of how to communicate. <laughs> there's one guy like that that uh, used to be close to our house in the village. He could not speak. So what he did was that his neighbor, he called him because he is schooled. He went to sign school. So he, he told him, showed him A, B, C, D to Z. This is sign for A, this is sign for B, this is sign for C. So, if they are communicating and uh, that his neighbor cannot speak to him, you just spell it A, B, C, D, D. Then the guy, will not, okay. the guy will not do the sign for that thing. And they can discuss for hours using sign language, no communication. Jesus is saying that 
Because you have not heard my uttered speech, it's difficult for you to understand my unuttered speech. And I need to tell you that 70% of the communication of God is not in words. You know, I said that in the morning session, I'll be doing what? School of the Spirit. I want to learn about the Holy Spirit, about the way you're preached, about the spirit realm. Most of the people that speak for darkness are more educated in darkness than we are in light. That's why the balance most often tilts in the direction of darkness. There is a need for us to advance in our education of how the spirit realm is and how to take advantage of the potentials that are therein. So Jesus is saying now, you cannot handle my unuttered speech because you cannot hear my uttered speech. It means that the foundation upon which we stand to articulate and to comprehend and apprehend the realm of Jesus' unuttered speech is tied to how much we have understood his uttered speech. Now, just in case you say, preacher, you took us to Greek, took us here, and you took us there. And you have confused us. I need to show you another scripture that confirms what I just shared now. John chapter 16. Amen. A knowledge of the Holy Spirit and His realm must be on the increase. John chapter 16 We'll begin from verse 12. I have, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Let me wait for you. Let me wait for you to get there. John 16, we'll begin from verse 12. We have a long, very long distance. Even if we were here for seven days, we cannot cover what we have on, in this school of the Spirit. If, even if we are here for seven mornings, we can't cover it. But I want to, the, the, the intention of this session is so that the average believer can handle spiritual things. Now, you see, you will be doing yourself great disservice if you think that this life is natural. Great disservice. My colleague want, wanted, forgot something in the office and now said, okay, when he's coming back from church, evening service on Sunday, all right, he'll run to the office and pick what he forgot. And then he came, flashed his ID card. You know, if you have been to Abuja lately, they have built our corporate headquarters close to the central mosque. Now, he flashed his ID card, the security there allowed him in. Only for him to come to the floor where his office was. And there were about 12 herbalists from different orders that were brought into the office. They were entering office by office and subduing everybody in the entire complex. Now, he just went to pick. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, life is spiritual. Why do you think that before elections are conducted, even the forgotten altars in the corridors of your village, they are revived? The herbalist becomes a significant player in governance. His tokens, his utterances, new fresh governance activated. The land is plunged into deeper darkness. 
because the politicians know better. They understand that rulership and dominion in the earth is a game of power. Now, if, if our knowledge of the Holy Spirit and the realm in which he operates doesn't deepen, then servants will still ride on horseback. And princes will walk on foot. Hallelujah. Now, the guy that hired all those, you know, there are various departments in the kingdom of darkness. Various departments. This one, I didn't read it from a magical book. Here. There are various departments in the kingdom of darkness. The Bible acknowledges sorcery, divination, necromancy, enchantment, witchcraft, wizardry, and, uh, sorry, let me read all for you. I had to go and study my Bible. Because the, the Bible, <laughs> scriptures acknowledge the devil's power. That there is such a source of power that is not divine. And that power is potent and effective. Even though subordinate to the power of God. If we know how to wield the sword of light. The Bible also talks about, okay, I, I forgot one, the, a charmer, charmer. Now, so there are different departments. You know, yesterday I was saying, you have to have been in something for 10 years for you to say you know it a little, especially if the thing is spiritual. Because the people that are speaking for Satan, they are schooled. takes about 10 years for you to understand the ways of a spirit being. Ten consistent years. I'm not talking about uh, you start, then you get angry and no. It's a determination. I want to know the ways of this being and the ways of his realm. It's about ten years for you to begin to understand the communication, the language, the laws, the dynamics, the strengths, the abilities of that spirit. So people that speak for the devil understand that in order for them to be strong in the kingdom of darkness, they need education. And so the Bible acknowledges in the book of uh, Proverbs that wisdom goes hand in hand with instruction. Now, wisdom is the advantage that we have when we receive strategy from a spirit being. Okay? But you see, in order for you to understand how to handle that being, you need to be instructed in the ways of that spirit. Now, the average Christian knows the Bible, knows how to study the Bible, but he doesn't understand the spirit that inspired the Bible. So his knowledge of the Bible is superficial because he doesn't go into the depths of the reality that gave birth to the wisdom that we read about. So are you still with me now? Alright. You are supposed to be in John chapter 16 now. In John chapter 16 verse 12, the Bible says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. It's like a, a, a time in the ministry of Jesus where we can call a season of frustration. Where he was loaded with so much matter to communicate. But when he looked at the stature of the people in his audience, 
he was able to discern that they did not have the capacity to bear the things that he had. The truth of the matter is this. Okay. Let me let me leave some things. There are spiritual truths that you can't communicate to just anybody. Jesus had a way of measuring the stature of his audience. Whether or not they had the capacity to bear the things that, not understand, but what? Bear. Alright, let me give you an example. A young lady was afflicted from the age of nine, and she carried on the affliction to 21. Alright? And then, everybody in the family was desperate about a solution to her problem, her trouble. And uh, she was able to, she, fortunately for her, she stumbled upon a very notable prophet. Very notable. I'm not talking about a fake prophet. I'm talking about a real prophet. And uh, they met mysteriously because she by no means had the capacity to access that person that I speak of. But in transit, the prophet's car had some problems. So he came out while they were trying to fix the car by the roadside. And uh, the lady was fortunate to encounter the prophet. And the prophet, in fact, she didn't even say what was wrong. The prophet spotted it, told her her condition, and said that it was her mother that was responsible for it. Now, and he gave details, signs for her to know that this is, this is how you confirm what happened. And it was confirmed right there. But you see, the mother of that lady had been carrying that lady for prayers from Now, Inan told her that, see, if, it, if, if the lady had come for counseling, she, he would have had more time to educate her on how to handle the information she just received. He's at risk now that the lady may not know what to do with that information. Well, as she was talking to her, they finished with the vehicle. And he left her like that without educated, <laughs> giving her sufficient instruction as to how to handle that thing. She took that revelation and went back to the village and you can imagine what happened. Because she did not have the capacity to bear those things. If it's Jesus, Jesus will not even say it. Having discerned that this person cannot handle this information, Jesus may postpone it to another time. Yes, it is true. The prophecies were true. The revelations were precise. But because the lady did not have enough stature to handle it, it created a civil war in that family that is still on till today. That's a revelation. A true one. An accurate one. But because the carrier of the revelation did not have enough stature to bear it, the revelation, instead of bringing redemption, it created a war which is still on now. So Jesus, in this scripture said, he has so much to say, but it's unfortunate that his audience doesn't have enough capacity to be in. 
then he now provides for us a solution. But what I'm trying to draw your understanding to is that there were several things Jesus wanted to say, but they were what? Unuttered. Did you get it? They were unuttered. He wanted to say it. He saw that the guys could not bear it, and then he now decided that he would not utter it. And Jesus told us in that first scripture where we read is that, that, that the reason why you cannot understand my unuttered speech is because you cannot hear my uttered speech. We want to go into that realm. Okay. Let's go gradually. Now, verse 13. How be it, when the spirit of truth is come, it shall guide you into all truth. Now, statement, definition of terms. I, I, I want us to know something now. Because our own perspective, our perception of truth has been statement of fact. That's what we call truth. But in the original writings, that's not the interpretation of the word truth here. Okay. Let me let me help us with some explanation. And, and doctor will be checking because I want to use medical. The last time I checked, the cause of malaria is plasmodium. All right. And there are several types of plasmodium. Plasmodium vivax. Am I correct? Plasmodium fasciparum. Plasmodium malaria. You cannot see plasmodium except you use a microscope. All right? Now, what the closest equivalent to this word truth? Truth means the realm of reality. Uh, wait, you didn't understand it. This is a school. All right? The school of the spirit. We'll be doing it for morning sessions. So that we can understand how the spirit realm is. I said that the spirit realm is like a wilderness. You must understand the nature and configuration of that realm for you to know how to be strong in that realm. You know why they were worshipping? That angel came again. The angel, then when the angel now came, and I said, ah, is it that the angel had been here since yesterday? Then I now discovered that since that service started, that angel didn't go back. The implication is that if right now, if we want to move to take advantage of the resources the angel brought, it's easy. Oh, you, you, it's not, mm, I'm saying now, I know what to do to take advantage of the resources of that angel. I mean, I know it now. And which, this service will change. That if you understand how the spirit realm is, how it is structured, configured, you can actually take advantage of spiritual resources. You will... Okay. Let's go. That plasmodium is what is causing the fever. That is the reality. You might see the person with fever shaking. The bones are weak. The person is feverish. That's what you see in the natural. 
But the reason why the person is doing all these things is because of plasmodium, which you cannot see. Now, this word truth here is talking about the substance of reality. What is behind the scene, which cannot be seen, that is responsible for the external manifestations. Jesus said, how be it, when the spirit of reality comes, that means the things that Jesus wants to communicate to us, they are not words. Oh, you don't get it. You don't know how a spirit being talks. Eh? What's your name? Salome. A spirit can call you Salome. The reason why the spirit called you is not so that you will answer, eh? It's not to get your attention. Well, let me stop. Jesus said, how be it when the spirit of truth is come, the spirit of reality is come. The things that I, Jesus said, this is the spirit that quickens, the flesh profits nothing, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and life. The reality of those words are what? Spirit and what? So it means human words are actually vistas, windows, by which I emit spirit and transmit life. See, a crippled man can be here now and you come and say, rise up. What entered into the crippled man that made him stand up is not rise. It's not a, it's not R-I-S-E. It's what? Spirit and life. Now, the Bible also, as you are seeing it, there are window gates to spirit dimensions. You can be reading it, reading, and suddenly you stumble on something and some words on the pages leap out and hang on your spirit. That which happened to you was not the effect of a book. It means that a spirit window opened as you were reading and then you touched the reality that brought this testimony. That means God expects all of us to be in the original. Because as you are reading it, you move beyond the pages and touch the reality that informed this. It means God has communicated to you because you have touched the reality. God has not communicated to you just because you read. See that? Are you getting me now? So Jesus said, when the spirit of reality comes, he will guide you. He didn't say he will talk. He didn't say he will utter things. No. He will guide you. See, I said that the spirit realm is like a wilderness. You need guidance. He will guide you into all reality. That means there are diverse realities in the realm of the spirit that the spirit of God is intended to guide you into. Those things I cannot talk about, they are unuttered. Because if I begin to talk about them, it will be, you can't bear it. Your mind will become... Ah. 
it will bring suffering to your mind because your mind cannot handle those dimensions. It is better for me not to say it. The spirit of truth will come and guide you into them. Are you with me now? Guide you. You'll be guided into them. The spirit realm is like that. Vast wilderness and there are strategic places where things are things. And the spirit realm, the spirit of God comes to guide you. There's a form of enlightenment that God gives you within. That enlightenment is what makes you to know how to relate with spiritual issues. Even though you, they have not been uttered. They are discerned. The Spirit of God quickens you, gives you ability to know spiritual things and to guide you into them. You understand that now? Now, so, when a herbalist comes into a village and he wants to afflict the people with sickness, he sends utterances, does an incantation so that the spirits that he came with will be excited. If he needs to beat a drum, he knows the ways of those spirits. He knows the things to do to get them excited. And when they are excited, their, their, their utmost ability is readily available for accessing. Now, you sang and you were leading some worship songs. And what you were doing is that you were exciting the realm of the spirit. The spirits that you were praying to as he was accepting the sacrifice that you were offering, began to enlarge himself, so that many more people that were part of the practice of that worship will begin to receive ventilation. You see? So he comes and gets the spirits excited. And when the spirits are excited, they are, they are readily available to lend their potential. When that point is reached, he senses it. So he now senses those, their potentials on errand. As he proclaims and brings infirmity upon the city, the spirits travel with those utterances. Why? Because he's a creature of earth. By God's wisdom, he decided to commit the government of the earth to man. That spirit is illegal. He can't function here without the agency of a man. So you see, but this man needs to understand the way of that spirit so that they can bring him on the scene, he can know how to bring him on the scene. All these things I'm telling you are not things of utterance. They are things of reality. My God. I said we have a long way to go. Are you still with me? I hope I'm not confusing you. They are things of reality, not things of utterance. They are, they are not things you can speak about. They are not things that are words. They are things that are dealings with spirits. When the spirits are excited, they now utters. His words. And it happens to be that the spirits he's working with are spirits of infirmity. That's the original attribute that those spirits have. Now, um, you know the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord it makes rich. Ask no sorrow to it. Why is this so? It is so because the Holy Spirit is the only genuine spirit that has the ability to make rich. Whereas, another spirit might claim to have the ability to make rich. It is deception. 
Because after that spirit makes you rich, the spirit will add to you his real nature. You see, the, the reason why the Holy Spirit doesn't have any other thing to add is because it's the original spirit that makes rich. Maybe Aleku might claim to have the ability to prosper people. And because of that, his followers might be interested in seeking him because there is this promise of prosperity attached to their service. And then, the people begin to flourish. But they now notice that every firstborn that opens the womb dies at a certain age. That's the real character of the spirit. It's just masquerading as a spirit that can make you prosper. But it, it will eventually impose upon you his real nature and character. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Now, so, you must understand this. Is the spirit that has the original quality of doing something. Some spirits might claim to have the power to heal. But the Bible reveals that Ralpha is the genuine healer. A healer that heals and adds nothing to it. If you consult another spirit that claims to have the power to heal, he might bring some form of relief. But in the process, he will not do what? Add his original nature to your situation. So that his memory will be retained in the earth. The only way that we know about his existence is that he leaves his fingerprint upon his followers. They are not with me. Knowing God and working with Him is a practical thing, it's an art that you will learn. And just as I said yesterday, you can learn it well, less than 10 years. And we see Christians running from pillar to post because they don't have roots. And you will run like that for 25 years and discover you have not achieved anything. <laughs> Sit down and, and know God. And I will show you how. I don't claim to be a master. Only the Holy Spirit is a master in this field. But I've had a little experience with him. For my 27 years of being in the law. Hallelujah. I was privileged to work under genuine, some genuine people. Hallelujah. You know, we followed evangelists. Sunday we here and there. We used to wonder how he does what he does. Amen. Followed him, followed him, focused, followed. Ah, we said, this, this kind of. He knows the ways of the Spirit that is proclaiming. I thought that if I keep following like that and checking, asking questions, I will know this thing. It's not like the apprentice work that the able man does in the shop. He observes the way the parts are sold, or the mechanic. He observes the way the boats are disconnected, where this one goes to, what is the name of this part. Not by observation. I found out that as you serve under that person, the spirit the person operates will begin to come on you. And the educational system by which you understand how the spirit operates is part of what I want to teach you today. Are you with me? We went to, to, to preach. It was a crusade and a lady that's part of her. You were there now. We went to 
that was that lady's father is the one operating or servicing 22 altars the 22 altars of Igede. that man is wondering something years is the one servicing it all right so we now went you know he's a spiritual man you know <laughs> When you go to preach to a spiritual man, you must be a spiritual man yourself. So we now, she took us to the compound and pleaded with us because she's our tour guide carrying us around because that's her village. Well, at the end of the day, the man accepted Jesus. He was just coming from his sacrifice. He accepted Jesus, the whole compound. We dedicated the compound to Jesus. It was a very sweet moment. Because the Lord opened the heavens. And I was seeing that the spirits the man came with, they were bound. They were inactive. And the man knew that something was happening that he could not explain. Uh, you know, you can't advance towards a herbalist that is just coming from his shrine. He has had fellowship with the spirit. He has renewed confidence. Except you understand how the spirit realm operates and the spirit that you are carrying. Now, if, if our education in the ways of God, light, becomes heightened and increased, we can create effects in our environment that even people that speak for darkness, we acknowledge that our area is a no-go area. They can avoid it. Because they understand that the, the power we carry is superior. But the problem with the Christian is that he doesn't know the power. So they plunder you and afflict you because they know you don't know how to use the sword you carry. They see the sword. They see what you carry. They understand the potential of that sword, but they know that 90% of Christians cannot use it. So the fact that you are <laughs> for the Lord, okay, doesn't mean that an occultist cannot strike you. But if your knowledge of the Lord increases, the occultist will not even want to fight because he knows the outcome. We have been to places before. We did havoc. They didn't even fight us. They just left. Because they know the outcome of what will happen. And I'm telling you, these are years before today that we didn't even know as much as we know in God now. We just fasted, prayed with faith. And that did some things. Broke. I thought that maybe something will fly. They left quietly. And I was expecting, okay, maybe on the way they will come. They didn't come. Then I discovered that the reason why the devil is still so popular because the people of God do not know the Holy Spirit. So Jesus spoke about some communication that he wants to utter he sees that we cannot bear it. He decides to hold back. And then he now says that when the spirit of truth comes, it will be his responsibility to guide us into those realities. Because those realities cannot be uttered. If they are uttered, we cannot handle them as men. But he will guide us into those realities. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's finish the scripture that we are reading so that we can have that as a premise and uh, 
will advance. Where are we? Verse Verse 13. Howbeit, when the Spirit of truth is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak of Himself. Whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. And He shall show you things to come. Because it's in a timeless dimension. And the advantage of interacting with the timeless dimension is that in that dimension, what you call past and what you call future are captured within a scenario called now. Okay? So if you interact with that dimension very well, sometimes in that dimension you will, not, you will know that these things have experienced them before. But in that dimension, those are realities. Realities are eternal. Time is not. Now, some of these realities, you might call them past, but they are eternal things that you touched. They don't pass away. And some of those realities, are you have not experienced them before. You call it future. But there's nothing like future in that realm. It's now. It's a, it's a continuum. It's a perpetual continuum proceeding out of the belly of God. Do you know what the Bible says we preach in part and we prophesy in part? It is because before you broke into the dimension to see the things you saw, some things happened in that realm before the one you saw. So you just proclaim the one that you saw. And it is true, that's what you saw. And then maybe he saw the one before the one you saw. If you understand that it's a perpetual continuum, it's a realm that doesn't start, doesn't end. It just proceeds out of the belly of God. Are you, are you following with that? Now, you see, the problem is this, as we pro progress, the problem is this, your mind will become weaker and weaker because it's not teaching for the mind. I'm not educating your mind. I'm educating your spirit. Your mind will become weaker because your mind cannot capture the possibility of something that is not, has no beginnings, has no endings. It's just a continuum. You see, so many things happen in that realm. And the one you picture, the one you capture is the one you were brought into. Meanwhile, before you came, some, things, some other things were happening. After the snapshot you captured, some other things still continued. So you have a perspective. That's why sometimes when you receive things, you need to allow it to incubate, to mature. God might show you some others so that you understand the context of what you are saying. No, see, for many years, I've had to, God had, had to teach me prophetic things. Had to come to that realm where if you utter something, it doesn't fall to the ground. It takes elaborate training to come to that level. Because there's this, <laughs> there's this drive to want to say things that you saw. That's for people that are not mature. There's this drive when people gather. And they know that you prophesied the other time it came to pass and they are gathering because they want to hear more. For you to relieve yourself of that pressure to utter something and just flow and only utter what God says you should utter. That is not all you saw, but God says, this one now you can speak it because there are some things in the realm that are unlawful to utter in several and certain seasons. Are you with me now? So these are realities that the Holy Spirit brings to our knowledge as we interact with Him. 
Two things I need to say as we progress. Jesus said, how be it when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. The first thing you need in your spiritual walk is a testimony. Not testimony, the one you know. There are two witnesses in the realm that can testify about the realm. The first witness is called the spirit of truth. And if we check the scripture that we just read very critically, let us see the nature and the character of the spirit of truth. Please, help me. Um, John chapter 16 verse 13 says, How be it when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. That's number one. Those are not things to utter. Those are not things that can be uttered. Those are realities that must be experienced and captured. He will guide you into all truth. He will turn on the educational system that powers that realm, that powers that dimension. We will do practical of what we are talking about. Maybe tomorrow evening. Tomorrow, today is Friday. Okay. Tomorrow evening, Saturday evening. We will do practical. I'm going to ask God. I know. He, he has heard me already. He has heard me. I will show you. I will see something in heaven. Hmm? Like, you see, in heaven, this is what is happening. These things are happening like this. Because of this one that is happening in heaven, this one will happen here. And it will happen. Not because you say amen, not because you believe. I'm I will just become a conduit, a pipe, just to reach out and show you. It's teaching, I'll be doing it as teaching. So that if you can till that time. Um he said, How be it when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. B he will not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. That's B. Now this spirit only speaks truth. See, there's another spirit that can educate you about the spirit realm. Apart from this one that Jesus spoke about. Um, John chapter 8. John chapter 8. You need a testimony. There must be a testifier that you must lean on. In order to understand the spirit realm. I said it's like a wilderness. You need guidance. Alright. So you must lean on a testimony. There must be a spirit that must be testifying to you about the realm. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Oh my God. I say are you here? Now. There must be a spirit you must be in league with. That must be testifying to you about the realm. And it's based on that testimony. That you'll be guided. And you begin to function. And handle that realm. So we have one, it's called the spirit of truth. There's another one. In John chapter 8, verse 44, we read about another testifier. He of your father the devil. 
and the lost of your father, ye will do. For he was a murderer from the beginning. Now Jesus is saying that some people are sustaining the ways of a spirit here. That the, the people have the lost, the desires of that spirit. He said he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and a father of it. Jesus is trying to tell us about the realm. That some people have received another access point into the spirit realm with which they have decided to handle that realm. But it happens to be that this access point, this personality and this testimony that they are relying on to access that realm is a testimony that is dissociated from truth. Alright? That's why. When, how many of you have heard tapes of people that say they were level 333 in, in the water? <laughs> you have heard one, Abby? In Lagos, in, in Orile, they, they slot the tape and put it on Hans' speaker to sanitize the whole environment. All those testimonies came from a, a spirit. And everything that that spirit reveals is dissociated from truth. Now, see, the spirit wants to achieve something. He wants to achieve a grand plan. Because of the grand plan that he wants to achieve, because if you are in the spirit realm, it will, you will not move too long before you know that there is a personality superior to the devil. You will not travel to, even if you are operating from the demonic side. It is possible for you to collide with a reality that is not on your path, that is from another realm. Hmm? And then you have knowledge of the fact that another dimension exists that is not within your scope, your order and jurisdiction. It's very easy for you to know that there is a supreme one in that realm. See, But in order for these people not to know, the devil decides to create a scenario of deception. That is totally opposed to the testimony of truth. Alright? So that he can keep these people in perpetual bondage. Serving his cause. That's why he decided to be a testifier. But not under the auspices of truth. So, you will see people that have served the devil for many years. After serving him. Some of the promises he gave them. When the time for him to deliver, I'm talking about people that accept him faithfully. When the time for him to deliver comes, he knows that the people have approached a point of, if he doesn't deliver now, they will know that there's something. That's when he kills them. So he decides that they will never have access to truth. Meanwhile, he gives them access to spiritual principles. Gives them access to exploiting those spiritual principles to their own advantage. He gives them access and insight about this, how the spirit realm runs and how they can use his own ability to access that realm and to appropriate his potential. So, spiritual things are not only peculiar to we Christians. Spiritual things 
are in the spiritual realm and there are two sources by which you can access that realm. One is by the testimony of the spirit of truth as it guides you into all reality. And another one is by the testimony of the father of lies. He conceals the major points and then makes you aware of the points that will keep you under his domain and under his dominion. Those are the two ways of accessing it. I will show you the difference between that the demonic and the divine as we go and as we progress. And I will show you several things that the demonic people cannot do consistently. And I will show you ministers that are using demonic power, the way they operate, is either in one of the seven columns that we are going to look at. And each one, based on the spirit that he is actually operating from you, he has a character that he sustains. Are you with me now? We'll look at that critically. For instance, if somebody is operating in the spirit realm through the instrumentality of the spirit of divination, the person will be able to prophesy. The person will have knowledge of your past through the hand of a familiar spirit. And for Greek, the Greek word of of the spirit of divination, the Greek word is, is python. P-Y-T-H-O-N. That's the Greek word. That's where we got python from. Python is actually the reality. The reality of divination. The spirit that powers divination. Are you with me? The spirit that powers... We use it to call one snake, python. But originally, it's the name of a spirit. It's a spirit that powers the world of divination. A man that draws his strength from divination has one characteristic. He cannot stop sleeping with women. No, no, don't laugh. I'm just... You know we are in a school. <laughs> uh, I know you have so many people that claim their prophets in this town. Eh? You have many, Abby. That some of them say if they see your face, they can prophesy. Trace the story. Those ones that have stories about young ladies in town very well. It's Python. But give me time. I will show you from black and white in our journey this morning. Then you understand that one of the greatest blessings you can have is to meet a genuine man of God these days. And I assure you in Otokbo there are not many. In Lagos there are fewer than Otokbo. In Lagos there are fewer. And there are many of you here that we need to pray for so that you can be delivered because your head has is stained with pan wine from different places. <coughs> God will help us in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. First John chapter 4. In seeking for solution, there is pan wine of different colors on your head. First John chapter 4, as we advance. We are still laying the foundation, putting the pegs. Then we'll start a very strange journey. We'll be doing this journey for all the morning sessions that we have. First John. Maybe in the process of the teaching, we'll be able to differentiate... Because John gave us some insight in his book. I told you he's a prophet. 
It's an apostle with a prophetic ministry. So that's his perspective. Now, if you understand these people, their offices, their callings, their drives, their motivation, if you understand them, you will understand the nature, character, and spirit of their writings. In First John chapter 4, verse 6, the Bible says, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. Now, you see, a genuine man, when you enter into a territory and you begin to speak truth, begin to give utterance to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, people that are genuine will connect with you instantly. All right? He said, he that is not of God heareth not us. And some other people will be offended instantly that you are preaching what you are preaching. If you are going to be genuine this day, you must be ready for to have people that will hate you with passion. I'm not saying Muslims, so people that will hate you with passion because you you are functioning with the spirit of truth. Someone else is functioning with a different spirit and they don't meet these two. When you bring testimony from this dimension and you are bringing it and bringing it, somebody that is testimony is from the other testifier. He will never want to cut covenant with you. And that's why there is ministerial crisis in Otupo. The people that are genuine are few, very few and isolated. And it's as if they don't have as much voice as the fake people. Watch it for five years. You will see what will happen. He said, He that is not of God, heareth not us, whereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So he still mentioned that there are two such spirits that bear, bears testimony. He said, One of the ways you will know is somebody is a custodian, is participating in the realm of the spirit under the auspices of the spirit of truth, is that when you are speaking truth. You know? Somehow, me, I get to travel so much preaching. There are some places you go and preach. They, you have stopped. That, the conference that is for three days. Your own part, you are supposed to preach for three days. The first night after preaching, I say, okay, you are going tomorrow. <laughs> we have booked your movement. You are going tomorrow. There is a preacher that has come to. We have invited to take over for you see <laughs> so we get to see so many things on the field and there's this battle which the average Christian is not aware of the devil wants to cover the landscape with the testimony of a foul spirit and if that testimony of that foul spirit becomes the only thing that we know it means that a, an unusual system has hijacked everything and the possibility of seeing light. You know, our children are growing up, you know. What world, what church do you think they will grow into? Oh, you don't think of that. And that's why some people, Paul and his colleagues, decided to give their life to fight for the fate of the gospel. Because the spirit of error is trying every day to make sure that the testimony of the spirit of truth is cut off. Messengers of that testimony are non-existent. And only by the spirit of truth that we can have access accurately into the spiritual realm and to draw upon its potential. So there's this hidden warfare in the body of Christ right now. 
in the church now. People that testify with the spirit of truth and people that testify with the spirit of error. Even the greatest of prophets in scripture, eh? there were times where God was not speaking. They didn't have prophecy. I don't know about, I've moved in the prophetic for more than 10 years. Are you with me? I've moved in it for more than 10 years. There are sometimes for two months there's no inspiration. I don't know whether it happens to you. Two months. It's not because you are biologically dead. There are times where God is in heaven. There is silence. There are times. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's advance now. I want to define some things in the classroom. The first thing I want to define is what is a spiritual thing. If I can define that, then we will now begin to go on and understand how spiritual things are accessed. What is the training that you must have, the qualification that you need to have in order for you to easily access spiritual things every day of your life. There's a consciousness, a perspective, and a training. So who can help us in the class? What is a spiritual thing? I need a sister to help us. Sister, sister, yes. What's the spirit? What do you think a spiritual thing is? You see, you know why the answer is hard. Use you, I'm talking. You know why the answer is hard. The reason why the answer is hard is when you don't think of it, you now find out that wait to it's sin. It's not of the mind. That's why it is hard. So, what's the spiritual thing? Hallelujah. Yes, we can see them. True. You have 45% now. Okay. She, she has... I don't know whether she's a teacher because she she just followed the, the road. She followed one road that she can't be wrong. <laughs> and then... And then she refused to go where I want her to go, but she followed... Okay, let's go to First Corinthians chapter two. Now, notice in the first scripture where we read, Jesus said that there are things I have to share with you, things, but you cannot bear those things. Her answer is correct. She has forty-five percent. We will now go on. You will see how where her answer reached, and where I was expecting her to reach, but I can't fail her anyway. But 5% is past now. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 2, are you there? The reason why Paul wrote First Corinthians chapter 2 is to give us information about spiritual things. So, we'll read together. Let's look upon it. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear. That means His humanity was still present. Huh? His humanity was still present. He did not become an angel. He could still be hungry. He could still be afraid sometimes. He could still run away. When there, somebody carries a gun, he can still run away. But he's a very spiritual man. He said, I was with you. You saw my humanity. But you see, my speech and my preaching, 
was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom. You saw my humanity. You saw when I was, fe- I was afraid. You saw when I was fearful. You saw when I was hungry. You saw when... You saw all of that. But my preaching and my speech were not human. It did not come with the enticing words of man's wisdom. What did it come with? It came with the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why did he design his ministry only to speak from the realm of God's wisdom. Why? It was a choice. So that the fate of this audience will not be anchored on the wisdom of man, but on the wisdom of God. See, it is... God gave us preachers great, a great privilege. A great privilege to have the ability to shape the lives of people. It is your style of preaching your emphasis of preaching, the purpose and motivation of your preaching, your orientation, that determines what the fate of your people are anchored on. Either on what? The wisdom of man or on the power of God. So come with me. He said, Habit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world or the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God has ordained before the world for unto our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, from this point as we read, anytime you see the word things, underline it. See, wait first, wait. The first scripture we began with, Jesus said, I have things to tell you about. But you guys can't bear it. Okay? He came again and said, When the spirit of truth is come, He will guide you into all things, all truth. There are things that He will bring you into. Then, Paul now continued from where Jesus started. And said that the spirit of truth, How be it? We have received the spirit which is not of this world, but the spirit which is of God. That we may know the things freely given to us of God. Are you with me now? So he wants to introduce us to spiritual things. Are you there? Now, so any, as we proceed, if you find things on the line, and then let's get the number of things in this reading. And then through those, all those points, we'll look at it critically, bring some things out. When we bring those things out, you see the laws that govern spiritual things. If you get the laws, they will now start touching the things. One by one. Now, when we start with those things, that's why I said even if we have seven, fourteen days, we can't exhaust it. Things. But as we touch the things, you begin to see the laws that govern the realm and how the realm is shaped. You see it. So you know. When you begin to even see some symptoms, you know where it's coming from. When you see some events, as a, when the devil sees that you have that knowledge, he will not be attacking you frequently. He will plan for you for long before you attack him. <laughs> he will plan for you. <laughs> oh yeah, come with me. Let's, let's read. But we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God has ordained before the world unto our glory. It means that the spirit realm, the divine supernatural realm, operates by deep secrecy. Alright? The Bible says, 
Some of these things were hidden even before the foundation of the world, before Satan was created. These things were hidden. So they are beyond his scope. But they were not hidden from us. They were hidden for us. They were hidden unto our glory. They were hidden because God wants to glorify us. Now, so we must have a way of searching into them if that glory that God intended for us by hiding it will break open. But it happens to be that those things are what? Hidden. Now, come with me. Which none of the princes of this world knew. Because the things were hidden before they were created. And then he now gave us an example. If they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That's an example that he gives us. Now, let me explain that. So that you will be with me on the same page. He said, if it is true that the princes had known these things that were hidden, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus. You know, in the book of John chapter, John chapter 8, 12, sorry, John chapter 12, verse 31. The Bible says, now is, is the judgment of this world. Now the prince of this world is casted out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Now, you know, that's a prophecy. First of all, it gave us an insight. Now, the judgment of this world is happening now. There was nothing happening in the natural. It was something happening in the supernatural. Right now, in heaven, the judgment of this world is being concluded. Right now, in heaven, the prince of this world is being cast out. He, he has been weighed in the balances, found wanting. His time, his contract has expired. But, in order for that to take effect, Jesus now says, if. Now, how will you be speaking a strong governmental statement like that and then add if you are a government you you people are government people if you are writing a bill that should go before the national assembly to be passed into law there is supposed to be no ambiguity in it the reason why our petroleum industry bill which we have been waiting for since has not come out the the, the ambiguities in it are too many you see whenever wherever uh -uh. what do you mean by that because a law is a grand strategy. That's, that's what we empower we operators, we regulators to go on the field and know what to do, who to, which station to seal, which marketer to sanction. And it's hanging on ifs and buts and maybe how. It's not effective. Because it has all the ailments of ambiguity. Jesus said, if I am lifted, that is when these things will take effect. It has been judged in heaven, but in order for it to take effect here, if. And the requirement for all these things to take effect was that he had to be what? Lifted. And surprisingly, he was not allowed to lift himself up. Somebody must help with what? With the lifting. And then the devil now looked at him and said, Kai, this guy casting out devils. Everywhere. I hope you know that in the Old Testament, no demon was casted out. It's exclusively a New Testament phenomenon for you to see demons driven out. And deliverance is a singular practical act that reveals the supremacy of the authority of light over darkness. And the devil will have that hidden from sight. Because that practical knowledge of the fact that he is subject to the instruction of a superior in deliverance is not something he wants to happen very often. And Jesus' ministry was tied up in this deliverance thing. Casting out devils, 
and proclaiming that he was superior to the devil, the prince of this world. It was not a good business for Satan. And Satan felt, all right, if we can remove this man from the scene, it will be best in our own best interest. Satan thought that if he kills him, it will, he will, he will be extinguished. But he never knew that in killing him, he will set him free. And so, in the New Testament, the Bible reveals it was Satan himself that fulfilled that gap in that legislation. The if. If I be lifted. So it's Satan that now lifted. And then the circuit of that ordinance that was settled in heaven now went into force. Instantly, the prince of this world lost. The god of this world became the prince of this world. Oh, you! I know you didn't hear that. What's the difference when we say the god of this world and then suddenly became a prince of this world? I hope you know a prince is a king without a territory. Instantly the devil became a prince because he, he no longer had a territory. No, he has some power. The Bible acknowledges it. I've given unto you power over the power of the enemy. He acknowledges that the enemy has power. But the power is not superior to the power of God. In fact, the power of God is superior to his. But he has what? You get that now? So the, he became a prince because he doesn't have territory to bring that his power to bear. That's why Paul said, give the devil no place. Because if you give the devil a place, that's when he now has territory. Your own life becomes his workshop. Because he doesn't legally have any territory to manifest his wires right now. Because he's a prince. A prince has no jurisdiction. He has no territory. But he has some form of authority though, but no territory to exercise it. What's the point having authority when you don't have territory? So if you see the devil plundering believers, it's because they gave him territory. And one of the, grand, the major power of the devil is deception. So that he can make you accept something that is not real in the spirit realm. And then you now give him, afford him some territory. And then he now has environment around your life to play his tricks and to manifest his authority. You see that? So the Bible says, if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified. The fact that they crucified him was an indication of the fact that they did not understand these things of which the Holy Spirit is poised to reveal to us. Amen. Okay, let's proceed. Where were we now? Verse what now? Hmm? Nine. But as it is written, I had not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things on the line. That's one. Which God had prepared for them that love him. So God prepared them beforehand. It's not as if God is trying to create it now. It's already prepared. But the problem is this. The things are hidden. Eyes have not seen it. Ears have not heard it. Does not occur to the heart of man. And anything that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, and that has not occurred into the heart of man is called a mystery. Alright? The fact that you have not been able to access it doesn't mean that they are non existent. But the devil wants to make you believe that they are non existent because it has not occurred to your heart, your eyes have not seen it, your mind has not captured it, you have not even stumbled upon it in a dream. Hallelujah. So, but that's the specialty of the spirit of truth as it brings to you testimony of a realm that is more real than this realm 
and as he affords himself as the portal through which you can access that realm and handle it. So the Bible says that eyes have not seen it, ears have the things that's one. Have you? That God has prepared. Can we go on now? Verse 10. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit search at all underline two. Yea, the deep things, three, of God. Oh, if my, 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 well, these are heavy things. Now, watch it. Uh, sister, you know, I gave you a definition. I said, what is a spiritual thing? What was your answer again? Things that cannot be seen and there are two sources from God or the devil, which is very true. Now, a spiritual thing are you writing? A spiritual thing is a reality that is in the domain of a spirit being. A spiritual thing is a reality that is in the domain of a spirit being. In the domain of a spirit being. A spiritual thing is a reality that is in the domain of a spirit being. Are you with me now? Now, the only valid access you have to that thing is through that spirit being. And the spirit being carries that reality around from place to place. Now, let me explain for instance. Sickness is a reality. It's carried by spirit being. Now, I was, you were in that conference when I was teaching and I said that asthma is not a sickness. The asthma is a spirit and we'll prove it in the service. Then, when we began to minister and I said, oh, yeah, Please stop. Let's prove. Were you there that evening when I, and I rebuked asthma? And then people that had asthma began to manifest. And I told the congregation, these guys are not possessed. It's a spirit of infirmity that has latched onto their body that is reacting now because it was rebuked. I went to Calabar again and I told them, asthma is not a sickness, it's a spirit. I rebuked asthma and the same reaction began. One, it was as if one lady could not breathe again. And I rebuked it about four times and the spirit left. That's the end of inhaler. I've been seeing that for long. Now, so that spirit carries that thing we call asthma around. Because that thing that we call asthma is a spiritual thing in the domain of what a spirit being. Now, so the Bible is saying our only access into spiritual things is by the spirit of truth. The spirit of reality, of divine reality. The Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. It does not occur into the heart of man the things that God is said to do for them that love him. But he has revealed such things by his spirit. Because the spirit is a search, is better than Google. You know, 
You say you, are, you press click on Google. You say the spirit searches all things. That means the spirit has the capacity to search into the negative supernatural. Have you in your prayer once before the spirit gave you an insight into something the devil wanted to do? Because it searches all things. That is why him that serves God is superior to him that serves the devil because the devil cannot search into God's stuff. But the spirit can search into the devil's stuff. You see, we have so much advantage in the realm if Christians are still walking on foot and servants ride on horseback. It's not God's fault. What has empowered the devil is just because we do not want to take on the challenge of studying into God as astronauts study space. Everybody is running from pillar to post and because he believes his problem is physical. If he can receive prayer for his poverty, prayer for this infirmity, relationships are not working, all of that. God has reduced our assignment. And he said that, come and study the Holy Ghost. Allow him to take you into the realm and to educate you about that realm, how the realm functions. One of my prayer partners those days, he, he was a sorcerer before he gave his life to Christ. And he's a sorcerer. The, the elders of the village blessed him. They blessed him. And he became a mighty intercessor. Pray, 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 pray. We were in the prayer room like this. We, finished, we prayed for three hours. And he was just there lying on the ground. He continued praying, continued praying. When God now told him, take your hand, touch your back. And something came out of his back. That was how he was delivered. He didn't go for deliverance. What was he doing? Pressing into God. And the spirit that searches all things gave an instruction. And he followed it. And one, some, a season ended in his life. Instantly. See, God has reduced your assignment. Your assignment is search into the spirit. That's your assignment. No, he didn't say go for deliverance. Do what? Search. Our knowledge of the spirit realm and our access that we gain by his education brings us to a point where he handles our stuff one after the other. But I need to understand that your stuff is not the priority. He will not address your stuff as the priority. No. He has a different priority in mind. The different priority is to cause you to apprehend more of God's purpose. God's eternal plan and how you fit into it. Are you with me now? Now, that's why he said that the things that the Gentiles seek will be added to you. He didn't say multiply. To be added. One after the other. Have you realized that you don't eat much? How much can you eat? Now, so if God now say, my focus is to make sure you eat. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, he may not be bothered even if you don't have some food to eat some, it's for some nights. He will not be bothered. But he knows that if you gain mastery in spiritual things, that your current problem will be the least of your problems when you gain mastery. Because there's a realm you get to, which is the realm Jesus operated, 
The Bible says, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? There's a point you're coming to in spiritual things that nature will obey you. See, not because you pray though, or so, you just desire, I say, man, and you desire it inside, and the thing will happen. There's such a thing. When you come into the creative realm, some of the things you are crying for now, the thing is, let's be strong. See, make it a point of contact because the devil will seek to ensure that you never gain mastery in the spirit so that you'll be running from pillar to post, running from there to there. Meanwhile, the answers are not secrets. It's just that we don't have a worthy man that has a righteous man and a righteous heart and a consistent spirit enough to gain entrance into the seat of this economy. Are you with me? And so the Bible says that we have received a spirit which is not of this world, but a spirit which is of God, that we may know the things freely given to us of God. First of all, spiritual things. Oh, oh, have we through? Are we through with all the things? How many have we seen now? Ah, that's too small now. Let's go on. Let's finish the reading first. Where are we? Eleven. For what man knoweth they underlining the things of man, said the spirit of man which is him which is in him. Even so the things underlined of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. We have this received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we may know the things underline that that are freely given to us of God. Which things underline that we speak. Not in words of man's wisdom, that man's wisdom, which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the carnal man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. Can you count the things there? Nine. Good. Any other? Somebody said nine. Do you have any other view? We have ten. Good. We have ten things there. Now the reason why Paul wrote this to us is to show us about spiritual things. Now, along the line of your reading, okay, first of all, you will see that spiritual things must be known first. Hmm. If you don't know that there is oil in this, your compound, you can't tap it. And so, one, the first thing that the Holy Spirit does is that he brings a knowledge. Now, this knowledge is different from what you call knowledge. Because what you call knowledge is the knowledge you either gain by attending an institution or maybe a knowledge you gain by studying a book in the library, or a knowledge you stumbled upon by experience. Maybe you went to Lagos, and you carried an address on the paper, trying to locate the place you are going to. And that place, you have already arrived there. That bus stop you alighted is the place. They you now call Taziman. To take you there. The taxi man now takes you 
to first tack first. <laughs> takes you to first tack, then you enter satellite town. It takes you through old or Joe road so that you don't know that it's the same road. Mm. <laughs> then it brings you, takes you to VI. You corner your through third mainland. Then brings you back, follow the back road. I say, Kai, your money, they run like meter. Then when you now stay there for two weeks, you now come out of the house to take bus and now find the same thing. <laughs> That's an experience. You have gained <laughs> you, have, you have gained some knowledge. Now the knowledge we speak about here, because the Bible says eyes have not seen. No, we have received a spirit which is not of this world, but the spirit which is of God that we may know the things freely given to us of God. Now what happens is First of all, the Spirit of God brings to your knowledge the existence of something. He enrolls you in an educational system. It's not foreign. You are experiencing it. It's not strange. We have not even gone to a strange place yet. These ones, all of you know these ones. He begins to bring some knowledge to you. Now who can give us an example of a knowledge that came to you which you were not taught, which you did not learn, but it just came to you by the revealed knowledge of Christ. That's epignosis. It's the operating system of God that came about that knowledge. That knowledge is revealed. You don't study it. You don't learn it. You know it by revelation. Are you with me? Many of us here have such knowledge. Now, can somebody tell us one knowledge that came to you? It can be personal knowledge. It can be but it's a knowledge. Yes, sister. Hallelujah. All right. Hmm. What? Okay. Hmm. Was sick. All right. Okay, that's a revealed knowledge. That's the kind of knowledge I'm talking about. The first quality of a strong man is a man that has access to knowledge that is revealed. That's the first quality of a strong man. If the knowledge you have is not revealed, or you don't have access to the data bank of revealed knowledge, you cannot change things. You can't change anything. You may look at our culture and wonder why we are so rich but yet so poor. No political scientist can explain why we are in this state. You know, based on just time, they brought all the technocrats, people that studied from Harvard, professors. They had to bring the Weller back from, from uh, uh, World Bank and brought people technocrats like Erufai, all the all the best brains. We had all the best brains. And the central bank man was a Soludo, professor. Very constant. They beat their, their white mates in class. They brought all of them home. <laughs> they could not save our country. Now, we don't need technocrats. We need prophets. People that have revealed knowledge. When we're driving from, you know it's been long since I came to Rotopo. I didn't know the roads were like that. 
Our senators can't help us, you know. We, we, we need something more than what we have. We need revealed knowledge. Now, so, first of all, the Spirit of God brings us into, just like you receive that revealed knowledge, all right? It's a revealed knowledge that is a knowledge of an event that's happening that you were not close enough to know. That means he has taken away the barrier of space and time. And he brought you into a knowledge that you had to be in a place to know what he came to you. In the same way, the Spirit of God doesn't only reveal to you things about your circumstances. It reveals to you things about God. See, the Bible reveals that, that the, when the Spirit of truth is come, he will not speak of himself. He said, whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Alright? So, just like he revealed to you about the condition of your son and it was true. And that's how he can also reveal to you about God. Because the Bible says he searches everything and even the deep things of God. That means the hardest thing to search is God. But this search machine can search as far as God. As far as the depth of God. So he can reveal circumstances, situations, and he can also reveal about God. Hallelujah. I was praying, and he came to me and he said, I will give you blue, red, and yellow. Then he stopped. Uh-uh. Now, I hope you know, sometimes God wants to see whether you qualify for something. So what he does is, he gives you a flash, he gives you a dream. Then he now conceives the, the interpretation. Then he goes and sits down. All he's trying to do is to get you to seek him. Because the revelation came from a source. It's only that source that the interpretation will come from. Meanwhile, you will prefer to sit down and analyze it. I saw myself going to the village. Going to the village. You write down and down. Going to Okboga. Then the vehicle. Now I had problems. Okay. The vehicle. Then you say, that's demonic. There's a demonic. Uh, <laughs> you, you, I hope you know all the times you attempted this you became more confused and more afraid than is because the source of the revelation was revealed and God concealed the understanding so that you could seek him you could pay a price for what he has but a man that is not interested in a commodity doesn't even want to know the price so many people God will come your way, put something upon your the canvas of your heart, and you wake up from your sleep and say, Ah, ah, what is this? Guy. And you wave it. And you wave. Those are access points. The portal was open for you to come into some deep things. But you did not desire desire to know. Because you didn't desire to know. and purity I will bring to you. I said, my God. I felt I was, I had all of that. 
I felt I was sanctified enough. So there's an additional level of sanctification I'll bring to you because I want to open the doors of some nations to you. There are some dimensions of darkness you don't know. There are some dimensions of the spirit of immorality operating in those regions that you have never... You have been walking in illuminated pavilion. I will send you <laughs> to the coven where darkness is hatched. You need some more... <laughs> you, need, you need to be sanctified more. For you to survive, come, go into those places, come out clean without coming out with one of their commodities. I said, my God. Then my prayer point changed. You know, that knowledge is supposed to change the shape of your prayer. If I see what you're asking God for, I will know your level, your content. Are you still with me? Your content can be fully designed by what you communicate in your prayer. If you are still praying some prayers that most Christians are praying, uh, you are even out of the scope of things right now because uh, God has moved beyond those things people pray. You know, in Lagos, we like campsites. So, people will just gather. You just see four million people. All of them praying wrong prayers. The fact that four million people gathered doesn't mean that heaven is away. There's a camp like that. They can gather eight to ten million people. And when you hear the messages from the first day to the last day, nothing about the land with the strategy God has revealed about our nation. When is is just talking. We are not all about talk, my friend. If it is true that something was revealed, the effect of it cannot be stopped by Senate, by the Senate. That's why those days the the the, the, the Senate can go and plan, then the prophet just comes out of the bush wearing pineapple and he cries out. And then after 21 days, what he says come to pass. And they send it there. There is the, the ruling council there. That's not what they planned. But what a man, naked man came and declared, it came to pass after. That's how Israel was ruled by the prophets. They were ruled by revealed knowledge. So the circumstances being orchestrated for the kingdom of darkness could not capture them. Every time they forsook the walls of the prophets, the nation went into the pressure. Now, the church of our day must have an increased appetite to know. To know. How many times God has come to you, He gave you dreams, He said some things you don't understand. You didn't care to search. Because after knowledge has come to you, then you need to function in your capacity as a king. Because the Bible says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. That's how our God is. He likes hiding things. You can't change that. That's his nature. But the honor of kings to search it out. So each and every one of us has the anointing of a king and the capacity to search things out in the realm. So God comes, he does an advertisement. He's expecting that kings will go searching. But kings of our day have fed fat. They don't like the rigor of searching anymore. They don't like it. Not good. Hallelujah. What we want is quick change. Let the circumstances change so that, you know, my two trousers I can have much more. I don't even know how many trousers do I have. 
They are not still too many more than what I used to have when I was on camera. I assure you. They are not still too many more. Because, <laughs> my God. Hallelujah. Kings go searching. And notice what happened when the time came that kings had to go to war and David stayed back. That's when he saw something. The reason why you are seeing things around is because what kings do, you refuse to do it. So, you have other activities. David went and climbed the roof. A king that was supposed to be on the field was at home. And of all things to do is roof. roof. The, the agenda was what? To climb roof. <laughs> that was a mission at that time. It's, we have not climbed here before. Then he went there and he, he beheld something. Ah, mission changed. We have diverse missions today because the searchers and the seekers have left their places. Hallelujah. You see some patterns, see some patterns in the family and say, okay, I want to search into it. And you give your heart to search into it. And then when we read knowledge, because I've told you that the first quality of a strong man is that he has access to what? Revealed knowledge. You search into it. It takes you time. It takes you time. It takes you time. But you know that if you refuse to search into it, status quo continues. So you don't consider it a waste of time to search. You now search. And then when revealed knowledge comes, it means God has provided a solution to that problem. So this is what is happening. Then now you need wisdom because you have received knowledge. And knowledge doesn't come with strategy. You need to search again. Then say, this is what to do. You do like this, do like this, do like this. And on this day, don't talk. Take an oath of silence. You know, you, you talk every day. You just talk. On Monday, you are talking. Tuesday, you are talking. Wednesday, you are talking. There are times when your mouth needs to go on a Sabbath, an oath of silence. That's what God told uh, Joshua. He said, don't talk. Mm, just. The ways of a spiritual man, they are strange. I know you don't like being strange. You want to be the man of the people. Mm, you cannot be a politician and a spiritual man at the same time. <laughs> you can't be two of them at the same time. You, there are times where you take an oath of silence. That's the strategy that came. One of my friends like that, he, was, he had been praying for his family because of deaths and all of that, things like that. And then God now told him the source that there's a, an altar in your uncle's court. When, when you are going there from Makodi to the village, I think Kwande or somewhere, he said, don't talk. So he was in the bus. And then they began to quarrel in the bus. And then they started asking, what are you? Okay, what's your own contribution? The, everything happened to make him talk. Every, and he would just behave. You know a man that is dumb. Whether you, whether you, you excite. doesn't have the ability. When they now drop him at the park in the village, now he has to use the bike. He just sat on the bike. He, 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 you did like <laughs> And the bike man. So, somehow the bike man 
was even better than the people in the car because the bike man began to ride without asking what what this one meant. He used his hand to direct and when he got to the place, the words God gave him, he began to declare them. In front of that hut, he did it for 30 minutes. He read it out there. And then took the bike, went back to the park, traveled home. When the, un- the uncle he had already gone, the uncle ran and came and went to his mother. Jack and said, Who came here? Hey! Then the mother says, This my son just came, he left now. The guy says, Somebody will die. That man died before sundown that day. And that's how that order of darkness, that, 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 that portal was closed. You, you talk every day. Just talk in the morning. Talk, 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 talk. But spiritual men operate by revealed knowledge. And in order for you to exploit a revealed knowledge fully, to understand the wisdom that is tied to it, you must be ready to search into it. What made the prophet strong? There were men, there were kings, there were searchers. So that's the first thing we learn in that scripture. The spiritual thing must be known. And it's not known by study. It's known by revealed knowledge. Do you get that now? And then that knowledge places upon you several dimensions of responsibility. Because knowledge is not strategy. You need to seek further from knowledge to find wisdom. Wisdom is now strategy. What to do with the knowledge that you have acquired especially when the knowledge requires action. Are you with me? Seeking. If you do this thing that I'm telling you for 10 years, if an angel moves like this, you will know. Not because you wanted to know. You have used that realm enough to understand when there's activity. You don't need to set your alarm to wake, up, wake you up for prayer. If there's activity in that realm, Somehow you wake up because you have used the realm for up to five years. You have used it. You know it. You have been working in it for up to four years, five years. You begin to see that the circumstances around your life will begin to change. Not because there was one golden principle that you were adopting. It's just that you were running on the scales of the spirit of truth. That's all. It is that spirit that makes rich. But you need to know that spirit. Walking with him alone changes your circumstances. I'm not saying that you disobey this one, no. the one that is written. If you have found the one that is written, you don't need to be told. If it's already written, you don't need what? To be told, you don't need. Adopt it instantly. But beyond what is written, because it's not everything that is written that, it's not everything he wants to say that is written. So he now makes a referral to the spirit of truth, the one that has all the realities of God in his bosom. And once you are communicating and interacting with him, everything you need to know part-time comes to you. And he will reveal it sparingly. He will not reveal everything at once. He will reveal it sparingly. Many times there will be a need for you to search into the things that he has revealed so that you will know the things. Now I said, God spoke to me and said, I give you blue red and yellow. Then it stopped there. That's not knowledge. That's a revelation that is devoid of understanding. 
I can't use it on that level. It is still having the touch of the language of the spirit. It's not yet broken down into the language of man. So my understanding is not wicked. So I had to go searching. Then he told me that the blue meant another level of purity. I said, I'm a pure man. What purity are you talking about? So he, 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 he calmed down first. Then he told me that there were nations that are darker than the one that you are in. You are good for where you are, but not too good for where I'm taking you. The place where demonic edge covers, where strange wickedness is hatched. I want you to go there and take some people out of those places. You need another garment. I said, okay. Sorry. Then I wrote it down. Then my prayer point changed. I began to pray. I said, Lord, you spoke about a blue. Then that was when my eyes started opening to scriptures. You know, that's how I get my own revelation. Do you understand? I talk with God first. Then God will say a strange thing. I said, ah. Then eventually, I now study the Bible and I see, start seeing those things. I said, oh. So when I'm teaching it, I'm not teaching it. I'm teaching it as if the Bible is my own. Because I'm teaching it, the revelation is mine. It, it has glued to my spirit. I've, I've captured the philosophy of that revelation. So when I'm using scriptures to interpret it, it, it goes beyond what my mind can capture. Just that same spirit of truth comes into work, comes to play. And it makes available the very in So, that was what blew up. Then I now went and said, this is red now. Because I was in a meeting, and a prophet began to prophesy. And he said, yes. Because I did not know that I've achieved the blue. The prophet was now prophesying and said, God has given you a higher garment of purity. So I ran you, okay. Blue. Maybe the prophet doesn't even know what he said. But you see, what he said can only have meaning within the context of the dealings of God with me. So he just came and he just said something, but only me know the meaning. Then I knew that the prayer point has to change. You know, God has his ways. Then I now started praying for red. He said, red is fire. It's, it's an insulation so that when they throw things at you, it will fall off. Say, so how will I know that I've received that one? He didn't answer. Say, okay. Started praying again. Praying for it. Praying for it. I said, but I have fire now. I used to see it. <laughs> he said, this one is not, is not that type you know. This one is for protection. Mm. Then in my Bible study again, I started seeing strange things. Amen? Fire. Then I started attending some meetings. They sent a woman from River Niger. And I was preaching. She came from the water. That one, I don't know whether, you know, some, some of them are not human beings. Mm. She came from the water, from River Niger. And then she was sitting at the front. Because she knows that, they know that when I preach, I come down from the pulpit and I'll be walking. So she was sitting there. So I, I walked close to her like this. And she 
was taken from the seat. I, I didn't answer. I was just doing my teaching. <laughs> like that. Then God is saying, that fire I told you, do you know how many things this woman has thrown at you that you don't even know now? Because it's a protective device. Then I went and passed again. This one, I wasn't led to. Me, I went myself. <laughs> I still left. I said, now your fire is it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Because of my knowledge of that fire now, if you wake up in the night in your house and say, hey, there's attack, I will sleep well. Because I know there's fire. I know it. So I don't need to join you in that faithless prayer that you want to start. There's fire. Are you with me? That's how you come into that knowledge that you have received by revelation remains with you. It's, it's glued to your heart. And based on the consciousness of that knowledge, you, you function with a knowing that makes demand upon the power of God. You understand? Such that, you know, some things are rendered. I've been to shrines to preach to native doctors and suddenly demands power is bound. It just can't operate again. He tries to step up something. Step up. Step up. The thing no step. He brought his ring and said, he talk, talk. They did not say, wait to. He did not that. Because that fire is there. You see now. Now so that's how the revealed knowledge functions. You need it. There are many things that God has been drawing you to search into that you refuse. Today we are going to spend some time that God will give us that desire to search into spiritual things. Hallelujah. Secondly, the Bible reveals that the spiritual things that we have known, we should speak it. It's a which things we speak not with the words that man's wisdom teaches. But with words that the Holy Spirit teaches. That means, when you receive a spiritual knowledge, in order to make it really yours, you must be ready to teach it to somebody. You are not with me. You receive a spiritual insight. If you want to make it yours, teach it. Because in trying to teach it, you will receive the help of the spirit of truth that brought that revelation to you. In communicating, you will now discover that those words with which you used to communicate that spiritual thing that you have known by revelation, and not your words, those words were handed out to you by the same spirit of truth who bears testimony of this spiritual thing. Now, I'm not... You can... How many of us are still excited to teach, share things that God is dealing with us about? That's the only way to make it your own. That's the only way to make it part of you. If not, it will fizzle out. See, a spiritual thing cannot be hoarded. The reason why God gives you an experience is not even because of you. Many times. It's because of a generation. 
and he wants those things that is unveiling to get across to as many people as possible so that that knowledge will become established in the body of Christ. Now, I have a problem. My problem is that we have a lot of spiritual people that are genuinely spiritual in this country, but they don't teach their experiences with God. They teach the old, the things people are expecting them to teach. You'll be blessed today, be blessed to These people, some of them have deep experiences with God which are not being taught. You know, a generation has been shortchanged because of their, their silence. So we will now have to enter into those same things that God has made available to them already. It's not supposed to be so. We are supposed to be building on their own stature and going deeper into the things of the Spirit. That's why I always respect men like Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn, for, you know, I've been following his ministry for a long time. For a long time, he has been teaching about his experiences, teaching about the Holy Spirit, teaching about the realm of the Spirit, teaching about how to work with God, and like that, and I believe that that man's ministry has influenced almost all of us here. Because in order to make a spiritual thing yours, you must do what? With things we speak. And if you don't teach it, it will begin to fizzle out. If you teach it, it becomes yours. With things we speak. Not with words. That man's wisdom teaches, but with words that the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. All right. Thirdly, spiritual things can be designed. Spiritual things can be designed. You see, the natural man designeth not, receiveth not the things of the Spirit because they are spiritually designed. See, in the natural realm, we are disconnected from spiritual activity. And so you attain to your least potential in the natural. What you can do with your brain, your skills, your trading, your learning, your mind, your hand, your ability in the natural, all of that is your least potential. Your greatest potential comes when you receive the aid of the spirit realm. And the Bible says that spiritual things Things in the spirit realm are spiritually discerned. Let's talk about discernment. Because you need more discernment for the movements of God than you need to discern them. Because every time we talk about discernment, the average believer sees it as how we can know demonic activity is true, how we can know that the devil is. But the Bible is saying that spiritual things must be discerned. Even divine, supernatural things. All right? Now, all of us have the same spiritual movements in us. All of us. You see, that's the burden of working with the living God. The burden of working with the living God is that the living God sustains movements, vibrations, frequencies, speaks, transmits. Are you with me? And you must be able to discern these movements 
to know what exactly is happening. The movements are taking place inside of you. Now, okay, calm down. Now, it was um, Elizabeth that said, my soul is magnifying the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in the Lord man's salvation. Now, the soul doth magnify the Lord. That's present tense. My spirit hath rejoiced past tense. Now, so the thing that the soul is experiencing now, the spirit has already experienced it. So the soul just came into it now. You get what I'm talking about? Now, so she was able to tell us about the activity of God in her spirit, that her spirit has rejoiced in the God of his salvation. So she discerned the movement of God, what it was all about. Now, okay, this movement of God I'm sensing, this thing I'm sensing, is actually a, 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 a indicating the fact that God is rejoicing. The Bible speaking about Jesus said, when Jesus went, uh, sent the 70 out and they came back with testimonies that demons were subject to them in his name, the Bible said, and Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. He knew that his father that was indwelling him was rejoicing and he felt the father's rejoicing. Now, if the spirit moves, do you, do you know what he's doing? <laughs> if you cannot discern what the spirit is doing, whether he's excited, whether he's rejoicing, whether he's speaking, he's uttering words, if you cannot discern it, you will not be powerful. You will not be powerful. Second prayer point we are going to pray is that God will give us the grace to discern his movements. It is when you begin to discern God's movements that you now know when to move from your sound and move to God's sound. When to move from your prayer and move to God's prayer. Now many people conduct prayer meetings and the people are not inspired. Why? He's praying the prayers he came with from home. By the time you begin to pray God's prayers, the prayers that are leaping out of God's mouth himself and you begin to lead those prayers. Oh my God. The spirit that brought those prayer points will envelop everybody praying it. Everybody will now have a first-hand experience of the fact that these things were triggered by God. The movements of God must be discerned. Many people come into services, do everything that doesn't synchronize with God and expect that God will move. That's not how it works. You must know God's sound. God's movement. You must discern it. It's just that, that we don't have time. But we'll try. We'll do some practical. Okay? Discern it. You don't need to sing 50 songs while leading praise and worship. One is enough. One or two. Mm, if you strike the chord, it just is a continuum. It's a continuum. It keeps... Bethings, spiritual things have been birthed. In fact, there's a point where some, some songs, some utterances in the spirit, you can't put it to human language. Because it's a betting of the spirit that you cannot break down from that energy level. Once you know how to design these movements and you plug into that frequency, you, you can download all of heaven and bring it here. So our capacity to design those movements is what determines whether you are powerful or not. Sometimes you, came, you, you just stood up and said, you want to do morning prayer, and God is not praying that morning. What he's doing is that he's singing. He's singing. 
for two weeks in your life, God might not be studying, doing Bible study. Oh, you, you don't know. What he is doing is that there's a book that he arranged that you should get. He is speaking to you from that book. He's on that book. He will not visit your Bible. You can carry the Bible, it will be dry. But when you carry that book, so move now, move. Don't follow the routine, follow his movement. Follow his movement. He is a shepherd of your soul, Abby. That means he has the responsibility of giving you what to eat. So he has decided that now he wants to feed you from this book. So remain there. The anointing is on it. When you open it, it's fresh. It's coming. It's coming. It means the shepherd is feeding you from there. Remain. But you now go, you carry your Bible and say, All the way to Kaaba is dry. <laughs> He said, we, we lead you, make you lie in green pastures. The place is green. When you notice that the terrain you are laboring, and that place you are laboring is dry, it's not leading you there. <laughs> you must discern his movements and move from your sound to his sound. Move from your prayer to his prayer. You are praying for rent. And if you get in tongues... He now moves your prayer. You don't see yourself praying for the deliverance of other people. You say, no, I'm not. The way I'm here is rent. He might be moving your prayer like that because he has handled that rent. But you insist that because you have not discerned it. The power of God, the ability of God, the might of God moves in the direction of his will. The spiritual man is flexible. He doesn't have any agenda when it comes to God's presence. He allows the strong one to determine the pathway. And he moves from his own sound into God's sound. When you come to lead prayer, start speaking in tongues first. Don't leave that prayer point you came with from home. Just be speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. A time will come when you strike the fountain head. And maybe a scripture will drop upon your spirit. Start from there. Let, it be, let the prayer point. Yes, you want to pray about Nigeria. You don't know how he wants to order the prayer meeting. So, let's start first and be going. And then he now opens and one scripture drops. You, you just say, wait. Oh yeah, you read that scripture. You raise the prayer. His spirit, the weight of his glory will be increasing because we are aligning. We are aligning. Moving from our sound. Moving from our sound to his sound. A time comes when we are fully aligned. That is what happened when Joshua and his army, it took them seven days to achieve alignment. Seven days. And then on the seventh day, when alignment was achieved, they were, they were in alignment with the spiritual forces that fight for heaven. See, in Israel's army, there were members of Israeli army that were not human beings. I hope you know that. There were two armies actually fighting. So, the spiritual, the captain of the spiritual side now made himself visible to Joshua. So that Joshua can understand what is happening. And then Joshua now went there. When Joshua went there, he now asked a stupid question. He said, Are you for us? Or against us? Notice the guy said, No. I'm not for you. Neither am I against you. But the, my loyalty is known. Huh? I am the captain of the Lord of hosts. The day I see you Fighting for the Lord of hosts, I am with you. If you decide to change mind, that's why you... <laughs> because Joshua was not able to discern 
that that was the spiritual side of the army of Israel. He thought it was a separate entity. His punishment was that he should trek around the wall and not talk. He talks too much for seven days. Trek. Trek. Just seven days of punishment so that he can just achieve alignment. Sometimes you fast and pray say, God didn't talk. No, you are far. That is the distance, spiritual distance it will take for you to achieve what? So there's no need for talking yet. You think God is offering you? No. Alignment is a major body in spiritual things. Because the natural realm is not fertile. So you become strong when you are in league with the spiritual realm. And alignment is all about the business of the spiritual life. If you have not achieved it, don't shout. But when he achieved alignment after seven days, he shouted alone, brought the wall down. And it happened to be that the wall of Jericho is a cuboid. It's like a cube of sugar. The height of it is equivalent to the, to the breadth. So if the wall fell down, as your Bible reads, it will still be the same height. And it will be still the, be the same fortress. Angels stood on that wall and submerged it. Even facilitators have found out that the walls entered into the ground. Not that they fell, entered. How did they achieve that? They achieved it by shouting after alignment was gained. Your utterances become powerful when you have gained alignment. Ah, yeah. You can just come and cry out to a dead person when you have gained that alignment. Don't do that before. He will not rise. I was preaching. They brought a crippled man and put on the altar so that I will not deny that I didn't see the person. What I did was I just avoided that side. I, if I want to come down, I come down from... <laughs> come down from the other side if at all healing will take place I'm not the one going to do it so I free myself of that body I preach and I'm free and I wasn't expecting to pray for the person I had no plan whatsoever to pray for him no plan but as I was preaching and preaching I gained an alignment and the way I feel is when I gain alignment I see some load is on my chest Ah. Then I look at the man. I even went back again. Because when you have gained alignment, you can do guy. Don't do guy before you gain it. <laughs> and I commanded the man to stand up. And the man refused to stand up. So I went and pushed him. He's a military man. He began to walk. I knew he walked because I've gained that alignment. I have moved from my sound to his sound. So if I speak now, angels will ride on it. You must discern the movements of God. I think that's why it has to cost you five to ten years to master those movements. Jesus, the Bible says, he rejoiced in the spirit and said, thank you, my father, for you have revealed these things to the simple and not to the wise. So that was why his father was rejoicing. That men have now started understanding and discerning his movements. Can we pray and search? We need to do some searching. And then sometimes like that you come for a service. Alright? God told you he will come. Hmm? In your prayer, close it. Say, I will, don't worry, go. I'll come. But you know what? It's a body. Now that you are on stage, as you are preaching, you need to be waiting for 
his sign because he will do a sign. In class two tomorrow we'll see signs, signals, pictures. I said that seventy percent of God's speakings they are not in words. The things you are going to collide as you are journeying in the spirit realm. I will begin to tell you tomorrow. I know everybody is not hearing me anyway, but I know some people are hearing. And it is going to add to their discerning capacity when they are seeking God. Anyone that is born again can be mighty. Anyone. Anyone can be mighty. It's not say it's not that you, you must be a prophet. No, no, forget about it. Leave that alone. Anyone here can be mighty. Can be even mightier than any other person that you have seen before. Mightier than Bonke. Mightier than. Because Jesus is a reference point, not a man. Those guys have mastered their art. Mastered the grace that God has made available to them. And they have moved it to that level of excellence. And Bonke did not go to school. Bonke didn't go to school. He was so dumb that his father felt it was not an investment that was wise to put him in school. And when he saw that he had nothing, he, he learned the way of the movements and became a master. Today, he said that brother that they sent to school that read Matis, we don't know his name and we will never know it. <laughs> but there's no, nobody in this generation <laughs> that doesn't know Reinhard Bonke. In fact, it's, go, it's government that is, an, that is a godless government. They believe he knows God. So they are, they are also paying tithes to his ministry. <laughs> the government doesn't believe there's God. But they saw him and said, so part of his crusades are sponsored by the German government. So his government, that is brother, the government doesn't know him. He knew that there was no hope. He learned the movement. He learned the ropes. That's the burden of working with the living God. He moves. Sometimes we begin to laugh. You must know when he's laughing. Oh, he's a complete personality. He can frown sometimes and say, then you beg him. Say, okay. Don't try it again. Say, alright. Hallelujah. Know his movement. And sometimes he'll just come like this. And he'll just say one funny thing. You say, if you two can crack joke, then you just say, come on. <laughs> My God. It's a blessed place to be. And everyone that is born again has access. Can we pray for the next five minutes? So ask God this morning as we close to give us the desire to search into, into deep things in God. Give us the desire to search into these things. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. And the honor of kings to search it out. That the Lord give us the grace to search such things out. Such it out. Many things that God will have you search out. Many things that God will have you peep into. Many things that God will have you peep into. He wants you to search it out. It's accessible by the Holy Spirit. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. It has not occurred in the heart of man what God wants to do 
God wants us to search it out. He wants us to bring it out of the depths of the spirit. And he wants you to make it your own. He wants you to make it your own. The least among us can become as strong as David. God can stir his strength over your life so strong, so mighty, so powerful. That men will say Saul among the prophets. How come this great knowledge has been given to him? How come this strange power is wielded by his hand? How come a man from this family can rise this high? It is the spirit that quickened it. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, for our spirit, there are life. Bos Evrena Sakebaguatebos Kalandedi Broskavesasila Mandako. Take us deeper. For there is a path which no fowl knoweth. The vulture's eyes have not seen it. The lion's webs have not trodden it. The fierce lions have never passed by it. Take us, O Holy Ghost, through that path. Secret chambers of God. Cause our eyes to behold great and mighty things that we do not know. Kubres Avazena Ubres Kavanila Bande Kupatami Overwhelm our ignorance Overwhelm our insufficiency For the Spirit beareth Help at our infirmities Help power our infirmities Cause us to mount up with wings like eagles Let us access the high places in the realm let the two-edged sword be placed in our hands that we might execute judgment and vengeance that has been written. Oh God, cause the strong to rise from amidst us. Cause the mighty to wake up from their slumber. Let the heavens be open. Mambres kovazamenai. Ebrama kapotoskile mendo la ira daski balas kebronda makanda ailemo prae baroski vasamande baraki manskebre busata branda you are not alone you are not alone you are not alone single beros kembalina ra ebris kofeska brande la kabeda. La ebri ziza lende komba. La ebri sakombregade. La ebri ivazima. La 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 bakabe. La eria suzale. La broska fakatambrela. Rubadi. La ebraskevanande. Babos kabaya. La krepotiska bazaila. Rebetiska mbrola. Braika berekende. Luradulama. Laika bedena na sombra. Abos kamila ekadora. La lima mamaya. Eyes have not seen, 
ears have not heard. It has not occurred to the heart of man what the Lord has set for them that love him. Iske lobriga visande la copre capadula askibalande bu capa bu capa sa engla satwa lebras tepate bakatabo a priest raise from among us the strong raise from among us the strong raise from among us the strong bayetoba Ikla presko petela bakeda, Ibrahim sate kombre, bakuda ekadi, bakuda maskadi, baila marai, baila malai. The time has come, O God, to visit your people. The time has come, O God, to stretch forth your hands. We call upon your name. We make demands on the heavens. Oh, let us least among us become as strong as David. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus we pray. Now pick your Bible, let's look at Take a scripture and pray before I step down. God will be doing, fulfilling this scripture in our midst uh, in some subsequent sessions. I want us to use the first two days to really gain our ground in the truth of God and the emphasis of God. Then we'll begin to move gradually into some other areas. Amen? Uh, Songs of Solomon chapter 4 verse 4. Gain some ground. I'm telling you, only few churches in Lagos have the truth. Only few. It's fewer than it was when you were there about 19 years ago. Right now, Lagos is a temple for all kinds of, of evil things. And they all have money. Somebody said that he is possessed by a fallen angel and he has followers. <laughs> that him is a fallen angel that possesses him, but he has members. <laughs> Somebody that was delivered, the mad person that was delivered, brought into the, in, into the service, they, all the symptoms of madness returned in that service. The Lord will help us. There's no better time in the history of humanity where we need the ability to design our God and His movements than now. God will make the strong out of us. The least among us will be as strong as David. He will give us strange insight that is that men rush over and never get to see. In Songs of Solomon chapter 4 verse 4, the Bible says, Thy neck... It's like the tower of David, builded for an armory. Whereon they hang a thousand bucklers and all shields of mighty men. See, one good thing about spiritual things is that spiritual things don't get lost. The anointing of Elijah is still in the realm. The anointing of Idahosa is still there. 
Many years later, God deployed the anointing of Elijah on a man, John the Baptist. Many years later. And if you read the way John the Baptist was dressing, and read the way Elijah dressed, you will see that their dress code was the anointing that made it. The information about their outlook, their lifestyle, was forged by what? An anointing. And the Bible says, in the armory of God called the Tower of David, it says, in that place there are a thousand bucklers, weapons of defense. And also in that place, all the shields that mighty men ever use, all the grace, the anointing, they are kept in store. Just in spiritual realms, things are never lost. Abraham came and offered the sacrifice to God. His grandson came into the same parcel of land where his grandfather offered that sacrifice. And the effect of the sacrifice was still active. The sacrifice opened a website unto God and a potter to that location. And angels were ascending and descending until the day his grandson came. That thing was a monument that was already established. Hallelujah. Because spiritual things are never lost. God mysteriously brought his grandson into the covenant that his father had with him. Not because the grandson was willing. Because after the grandson encountered God, he woke up and said, if you give me food, give me clothes, and you bring me here again, I will consider whether you will be my God. So he negotiated the salvation. Because he was not willing to be part of the covenant of his grandfather. But God was not angry that the guy was negotiating. Because he was the one that had the, had the legal access into that covenant from God's perspective. And God did it. But you see, God brought the young man many years later into the same covenant that was still active and he had a witness in the earth. Because spiritual things cannot be lost. There are many covenants that many people that God raised in this land had with God. Many. Some of those co covenants have shields and bucklers hanging in the realm of the spirit. And if the covenants that God entered into with them will advance, some of those shields and bucklers must be downloaded. And the Bible says there's a place called the Tower of David where all shields of mighty men are hanging. The only one that you can access is the one that is open to a covenant that is within the jurisdiction of your call and ministry. We can't download all. The reason why John the Baptist was able to download the Elijah song was because his call was relevant to that. You understand what I'm talking about? The circumstances around Elijah were the same circumstances around John the Baptist. In the case of Elijah, there was Jezebel. In the case of John the Baptist, there was Herodias. The whole situation was the same replica. And God chose that same anointing for that time to come back. Great men in the spirit leave covenants behind that can make upcoming generations access their substance in the realm of the spirit. In this meeting, I don't know which day, but maybe Saturday, there are some covenants, some bucklers, shields, weapons that will be downloaded. I, I just prophesied to you, but I use the scripture. 
so that you understand it. If I had, if I say it raw, you not understand it. So I have to teach it. This one we have. There are bucklers, there are shields, there are things, people that entered into covenant with God. While laboring in this land, some of them did not live too long. Some of them were even killed by preachers. Yes. Some of them entered into some covenant before the spirit of this age now captured them and they are preaching some strange things now. But when they started, they started well and some of them started from this land. And they started well. They downloaded a fresh thing from heaven. And then the devil hijacked them, but God was smarter. God entered into a covenant with them that is standing now in the realm of the spirit. And many of us will find those corridors where those sacred, sacred covenants were caught. And some shields of mighty men will descend. He said, thy neck is like a tower of David. And in the tower of David, there it hung it, a thousand bucklers and all shields of mighty men. You see, it's the things that are released upon you that makes you mighty. You can just be normal. There's something that can come on, on your life and begin to function on your life. And suddenly, it changes so many things about you. You know, David was a shepherd boy in the wilderness. And then a prophet came and poured an oil on him. Instantly, the oil began to take him to where the oil came from. The oil was a kingly anointing. And he began to orchestrate and walk his way to the palace. Can you see that? Now, so, it is a prophet that governs that territory. And the way he does it is that he governs it with the anointing. God said, go and anoint this one king. He anoints and then he goes. He doesn't participate in politics. He doesn't vote. He, just, he does what? Takes oil. Goes and what? Anoint. Then he goes back. Then he allows the anointing to manipulate the man into the, the thing he has been anointed for. Who told you that that order has stopped? Who told you? Who told you that you cannot, God can reveal somebody to you and you go and anoint him? A, a total nobody. I say, I was told in my chambers that you will wield the scepter that will make people stand and sit within this territory. And the man is looking, and once the oil is no longer your responsibility, the entire host of heaven goes to work to do the politics. And when they seek for a man of sufficient stature in the entire territory, they find none except this one. The people that do the rigging are the ones that now say, he's the man. He's the man. God knows how to play politics more than us. But we need people that can understand the movements of that realm to know when a shield and a buckler is coming down. That's how the kingdom advances. It advances because men that understand the spirit realm have discerned the movements of God and the area of his priority and favor. Are you with me? A prophet now goes and pours the oil. It takes 12 years before David can ascend that through. Through that 12 years, there are seasons of gradual adjustment and dealings. Some of these years, these wasted years that we have as a nation, they are not totally wasted though. They are God is incubating the preachers that will bring us deliverance. 
incubating the leaders that he will put in strategic places that will change the trend and to bring them into the center sphere of influence. These are the days of mantles and bucklers. Where the Tower of David will be opened again. And then the resources that have been kept in store for 120 years, for 80 years, for 65 years, will be downloaded. And I assure you, when it comes down, it will not be 65 years old. It will be operating with the wisdom of the ancient of days himself. There are several things that our rigging system, our corruption cannot kill. It's older than the corruption. It's older than it. And I assure you, Israel was very corrupt then when the prophet Samuel went and said, because that's how the government of God is established. There must be a prophet. There must. That's why in the book of Revelation, when the government of God was to be revealed in its fullest, there had to be a witness. John, all his colleagues died as martyrs. Only John died a natural death because the prophet must be there as a witness. Because it will be him that will proclaim. God's way does not change. Somebody must pick it. A, a man must understand the movements. He must know what to do. He must know what to say. He must know the action to carry out to create the potter. And then the angels to execute that order. Find liberty to operate in the earth. Must be like that. Something can come upon you. And when it comes upon you, not because you are ready, and it's because of some an emergency situation in heaven, and God decides on his season where to interrupt a man's life. A man can be on the farm. Elisha was farming. And then a strange prophet just passed through the farmland. I don't know why of all the highways in the territory is the shortcut through the farmland that was preferable. And he took his mantle and struck him. His appetite for farming, and he was successful. With farming with 500 tractors. That's quite a lawn. Hallelujah. A man struck him with something. Boop! His desire for agriculture died. <laughs> and he began to follow this man many times and Elijah did not have manners he can hey! he will cry and say the man should go I wonder how the man made it to the other side there are things that can fall and when it falls another dimension a ripple effect begins in a land that was silent Otupo has been too silent. We need the prophetic silence to be captured by the prophetic voice. I want us to pray. Many things hanging. That's why the land is silent. It's time for the Tower of David to be opened. And it's time for the shields and bucklers to be made accessible. This is the season. This is the time for the new beginning. Can you ask God and say, Lord, in this season, as we fellowship together, as we come before your throne, and also, as many other faithful people, righteous people, spread across the entire scope of Edoma land, that have been seeking you faithfully in this season that you have decided to open the Tower of David. Anywhere they may, might be, in Obadibo, in, 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 in Adoka, anywhere, let the Tower of David be opened. And let God begin to release the bucklers. I tell you, the least among us will be as strong as David. The least among us will be as strong as David.